Good morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to see everyone here at service today, both uh, on-site and online. For those on-site, if you're glad to be here, maybe you can give me a big wave. Yes, glad to be here in church this morning. And also those who are online, a big wave to you as well. Thank you for joining us for service this morning. For some of you who may not know me, my name is uh, Louis. I'm just one of the many leaders who are serving you in church and I'm honoured to be able to bring to you God's Word this morning. This morning, we are continuing with our church-wide Bible study series on the book of Genesis. For some of us who may be new to our church, we started the series on Genesis at the beginning of the year, and the series will take us through to the end of June. For the past two months, we have been following and learning from the life of Abraham and his encounters with God and with his people around him. Not sure about you, but as I listen to the sermons Sunday after Sunday, it's kind of like watching a Korean drama series. Any Korean drama series? Uh, wow, yes. Any other else? Yes. You know, where every Sunday is like an episode in itself, and every episode is building up towards the next episode and moving the whole story along and along. So like good faithful Korean drama fans, when you can spare some time, I want to encourage us to take time to go back and watch the earlier episodes, or no, I mean sermons, okay, that you may have missed because doing that will keep pace and keep you plugged into the main storyline as we help and it will help us to appreciate every Sunday's sermon better as we move along. This morning, our drama continues on and it takes us on a place where God puts Abraham through yet another test and you will soon find out as we read scripture text together, today's test for Abraham is not an easy one. In fact, in my opinion, it is the greatest test till date that God is putting him through. Let's read scripture together. Genesis 22, verse 1 to 19. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance, he said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took out his knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Notice it's two times, because if called one time, for never hear, go down already. You know? yeah. Here I am, he replied. 
Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there was a ticket he saw. In the ticket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He ran over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore, and your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for bringing us together as a church this morning, on site, and those joining us online. We ask that, Lord, let your word come alive to us wherever we are. Let us focus on Christ alone this morning. Stir us in our hearts, Lord. Stir up faith in our hearts that whatever that you are calling us or speaking to us about this morning, let us respond to you in obedience, Lord. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Early in my policing career, I had the opportunity of making a work trip to Vienna, Austria in 2008. It was one of the most memorable overseas trips I had. But not because I learned a lot about policing during that trip. But it was memorable because it was a long trip. 10 days in total, which crosses over a weekend, where I was able to do some proper sightseeing. As compared to the shorter trips, you know, I fly in by Monday, fly out by Friday, and then you don't get to see anything at all. I hope my boss don't hear this. Huh? During this trip in Vienna over the weekend, instead of spending time shopping, I decided to train, take a train out to the countryside for a day. I went to this Wachau uh, or Wachau region, huh? which is an Austrian valley with a world-class landscape formed by the Danube River. In the year 2000, the area was inscribed the UNESCO list of World Heritage Sites in recognition of its architectural and agricultural history. And instead of travelling by bus or taxi around the countryside, I rented a bicycle for the first time overseas and cycled along the countryside. You know, look at the picture. It's a picture, yep. Wrong picture. Ah, look at the picture, okay. As you can see from the picture, we have just... Wait, let me see. Ah, and you can see from the picture, you can imagine that I had a great workout that day. But more precious to me than a great workout is that I was able to really take time to slow down, cycle along, appreciate the beauty of the region as I cycled through the landmarks and the towns compared to speeding by in a bus or a taxi, you know. So I found this quote which aptly expresses what I felt and I will dedicate it to all the avid cyclists listening in our midst this morning. 
It is by riding a bicycle that you learn the contours of a country best, since you have to sweat up the hills and coast down them. Thus, you remember them as they actually are, while in a motor car, only a high hill impresses you and you have no such accurate remembrance of country you have driven through as you gain by riding a bicycle. So in the same light, the scripture which we have just read this morning tells us that the whole episode of Genesis 22 is about putting God, putting Abraham through a test. As readers who have the benefit of speeding through the 19 verses in less than 4 minutes, I timed myself reading when I was preparing the sermon, the story can fly by so fast that you may not have the opportunity to appreciate the details or the beauty of the text. So to help us better appreciate and learn from the scripture text this morning, I'm going to slow down, cycle us through the story instead, slowing us down and making a few observations so that we can appreciate the emotions, the struggles, the journey that Abraham had to undergo as God puts him through the greatest test till date. Observation 1. God himself is the tester. So there is some seriousness and importance to this test. You know, don't play, play. God is the tester. Huh? Verse 1 tells us that God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and here I am, he replied. How many of us can agree that it is one thing to be tested and a totally different thing when the tester is God himself? It is kind of like going into the examination hall and being told that today's exam is not, by your, not conducted by your teacher, not conducted by the subject head, not conducted by the HOD, not by the principal, not by the cluster supervisor, not by the director of schools. I'm not, I'm not sure what else is higher. Huh? But not sure who else is higher, but today's exam is going to be conducted by the Minister of Education himself. Wow, serious test. Don't play, play. How do you think Abraham felt? How will you feel if he calls you by name and wants to test you today? Maybe if you are super positive, you will respond like a good soldier. Yes, sir. Here I am. Test me. Huh? You know? But I guess for most of us who are more humans like Abraham, who do not know what is coming, will feel a little apprehensive, a little stress because we are not sure what's going to happen. Perhaps a little reverence and fear since God himself is talking to you. I'm sure Abraham, being human like us, would have responded similarly like many of us. Observation 2, there were little details about the test. Not only is God himself conducting the test, there were little details given to Abraham about the test. Verse 2 tells us, Then God said, Take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Which mountain? Also never say. The only instruction to Abraham about the test is to sacrifice his son. There was no reason given, no details given. The instruction to Abraham was just to go sacrifice his son as a burnt offering in worship to God. To give Abraham the credit, he was not told that it was a test. Only we know. And from Abraham's perspective, it was an instruction from God and for Abraham to obey. 
So can you again imagine the emotions and the struggles that Abraham had to go through within himself when he heard God saying to this to him? You know, how will he feel? How will you feel? What will your emotions be if you are Abraham? Being a father myself, I know this instruction from God is going to be really, really, really difficult to obey and follow. You know, although I must say that sometimes when my children make me mad, I did think of strengthening them. But to say the least, I believe most of us, for most of us, if not all, will agree that as much as Abraham wanted to obey God, and even if he had so much faith than us, more than us, Abraham would have found it difficult to obey, especially when it comes to sacrificing his son Isaac, whom he loved so much. Observation 3. The journey to Mount Moriah took three days. Verse 3 tells us that Abraham set off early in the morning the next day, and verse 4 tells us that they arrived at the place on the third day. Question. What do you think went through Abraham's mind for the past three days of journeying as he goes towards Mount Moriah? Again, if Abraham was as human as we think he is, even if he had faith bigger than ours, I am certain that the three days of journey would have been one of great emotional struggle and testing for him, right? I can imagine as he was walking with his son every day for that three whole days towards Mount Moriah, he would be praying and thinking if God was really serious about this instruction. Go and sacrifice your son as a burnt offering. There was every chance for Abraham to turn back, but he did not. Every night would probably be like the longest night, you know, thinking about the next day. Deep in his heart, he may be hoping that tomorrow will never come and that his journey to Mount Moriah will never reach. Observation 4. Abraham feared God and trusted in Him. So although every day would be difficult to go by, for the reader, there was no doubt that Abraham fears God and he trusted in God, right? Verse 3, Abraham acted decisively, rising early and making all the preparations necessary for the sacrifice. In verse 8, we can see that Abraham affirmed that God will provide all that is needed for the sacrifice. He also commented to his young man that he and his son will go and will worship and will return. You know, all these words for the, for the Hebrew scholars are first-person plurals which can be translated as we will go, we will worship, and then we will return. Observation 5. God intervened when Abraham reached the point of no return. It is interesting to note, and this is an important point, that God did not intervene or conclude the test any earlier but only when Abraham reached that point of no return. Verse 9 and 10 tells us that Abraham had so much faith in the promises of God to provide whatever is needed for the fulfillment of his promises that he builds the altar, he lays the wood on the altar, he binds Isaac, places him on the wood of the altar and is ready to plunge the knife into his son when he stopped from completing the sacrifice by the angel of the Lord. The point of no return signifies the place where we have totally trusted God and that whatever happens next 
is God's will and not mine. Abraham reached that point of no return when he was about to take that plunge to sacrifice his son Isaac, totally trusting in God's promises to provide and surrendering whatever happens next to God's will. Not sure about you, but in my life, I don't experience many points of no return with God. So for the very few that I have experienced, I, rem I remember each of them clearly. One of those points occurred during my university exchange in Australia in 2001, a good 20 years ago. I can remember during that time, I took the opportunity to attend the Hillsongs Conference in Sydney, Australia. It was one of the mega Christian church, uh, conferences during that time. It was uh, a week-long conference held at the Sydney Superdome with more than 20,000 people in attendance. So just think Singapore Indoor Stadium, you know, times three, times five, and fully packed, fully packed. The Superdome was packed to the brim every night. Everyone was just worshipping and fervently seeking God together. The spiritual atmosphere was electrifying. I could remember on the last night when the pastor gave the call for offering, I felt God calling me to that point of no return. I felt that I wanted to surrender to God my whole life. And one way I could express it was to take out my wallet and just empty all my money into the offering bag. And I did. I reached a point of no return where I totally trusted God and that I wanted whatever to happen next to me to be totally God's will and not mine. Just to remind us that I was a normal student then with not much money, attending a conference in a foreign place, you know, not attending at Singapore Indoor Stadium, after that still can walk back, huh? Singapore very safe, you know. And the hostel which I was staying in Sydney was many subway stops away. But no worries. When I was at that point of no return, I know God was calling or doing something deep in my heart and that it doesn't matter what happened next or how I get back to my hostel. The point of no return is something that attracts God because He knows that at these points that we are in total surrender unto Him, it is a place where God has full reign and control and it is a place where God works best. The point of no return. Sixth observation, and it's my last observation. Abraham's offering of Isaac is also a prophetic picture of God offering Jesus for us. You can't read Genesis 22 without thinking of God's redemption through the cross for all of us. Isaac was Abraham's beloved son, and Christ was God's beloved son. Verse 1. Isaac carried the wood on his back, Christ carried the cross on his back. Verse 6, Isaac was bound to the wood, Christ was bound to the cross. So most scholars would say that Abraham's offering of Isaac is a prophetic picture of how God would offer Jesus on the cross to save us all. And that the emotions and the struggles that we have seen Abraham gone through could also give us a glimpse of what God himself would have gone through when he gave Jesus to die on the cross for us. And despite all that, 
God still did because of His love for us. In fact, God went past the point of no return. At this point, let us summarize the observation points that we have cycled or covered so far. Number one, God is the tester. Big test, don't play, play. There were little details about the test. The journey to Mount Moriah was a three-day journey. But despite all this, Abraham feared God and trusted in Him. God intervened when Abraham reached that point of no return. And Abraham's offering of Isaac is also a prophetic picture of God's offering of Jesus for us. So, having taken the time to cycle through the whole passage, appreciate the details, what can we learn and apply in our lives today? And I offer us three. First of all, I believe we can all see that as Abraham, as much as Abraham is seen as a man full of faith, he is also fully human just like many of us. Abraham trusted God when he was tested or when he was required to. Notwithstanding that, at the same time, Abraham also felt the human emotions and inner struggles as much as many of us would have given the same situation. So the last thing that we should do when we read these passages or as we follow on the church-wide series for the rest of the month, it is to just draw a line and say that, you know, this is Abraham. As we listen, he is way up there. I'm way down here. So whatever that we are reading is not applicable to us. No, wrong. But in fact, on the contrary, we should see Abraham as a person just like us. And that if he can have the faith and the trust in God, despite his human emotions and inner struggles, we too can have that faith. We too can have that trust in God when we go through trials and tests along our way. So every week, including today, as we listen to the journey of Abraham, we should identify ourselves with him as far as possible and learn to live with Abraham as our example. Second point. The second point that we can learn from these observations and passage today is that God prepares us step by step for trials and tribulations in our lives. God will not test us beyond what we can bear, and 1 Corinthians 10, 13 alludes to this. And God is faithful, He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. I quote. Although the verse is talking about temptations and not trials and tests per se, Nonetheless, we can see that God's heart and character is to keep us below our breaking point. For some of us who may not be familiar with Abraham's story or joining us for the first time today, this was not, this was not Abraham's first test. In fact, since God called Abraham out of his country, which was a test in itself, Abraham has been tested by God time and time and time again. Abraham was tested by God to trust him for his calling when God called him to leave his country with his family. Genesis 12. Abraham was tested to trust God as his provider when he had to split ways with his nephew, Lot, and letting Lot take first choice of the better land, so it seems, for his family. Genesis 13. Abraham was tested to trust God as his victory when he had to go to war against four kings and their armies with just 318 soldiers. Genesis 14. 
Abraham was tested to trust God as his miracle worker to provide him a son even when Sarah and him had gone past the age of childbearing. Genesis 18. So you can see that Abraham was not a stranger to tests of trusting God. But each time it seems that the test got a little bigger, a little scarier. And today at Genesis 22, it seems like God is putting Abraham through his greatest test till date. And so what can we can see is that God had prepared Abraham throughout his life for this test today. So I'm not sure what you are going through this morning as you come into this place. I'm not sure the type of the tests or challenges or difficulties that you may be facing or going through. But what I do know is that God is with you and He wants to enable you to overcome it. Amen? If I may borrow the strength and truth of the Word of God, I want to let you know that this test or challenge that you are going or facing today is not by His grace beyond what you can bear. Because He is with you and His strength is with you. The final learning point and the most important one actually that I would like to share with all of us this morning is that when God calls Abraham to give us something to, to give him, God calls Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. God is not merely calling Abraham to give us something that is precious to Abraham. No doubt, Isaac is his beloved, is his precious son. But God was calling Abraham to surrender his future to God because God holds his future. I mean, if we look at it on the surface, Isaac is certainly very precious and beloved son to Abraham, right? So if we were interpret the passage as a narrative and infer the learning point for today's modern day application, then perhaps the logical point for all of us is about surrendering to God what is a material thing that is so precious and valuable that we are holding very close to our hearts today. That was my interpretation in the past many years. So every time I look at this passage, I think about the precious, the valuable things in my life and start surrendering to God. So like many of us, I have different precious things for different seasons. So when I was growing up through my teenage years, when a nice or good handphone was like the in thing, and if I were to read Genesis 22 for my quiet time, I would pray and surrender to God and say, God, take my handphone. I will sacrifice as a burnt offering to you. you know, like Isaac. Or like Abraham did. When I grew older and bought more expensive things, if I were to read Genesis 22 again for quiet time, I would pray and surrender and say, God, take, take my expensive guitar. You know, I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering to you. It's very expensive. When I grew much older and had a home and family of my own, I would pray and surrender to God and say, God, take, take my car, take my house. I will sacrifice all these precious, valuable things in my life to you. Well, I think it's not wrong to interpret and infer the learning point this way. Truth be told, there are earthly things that may be precious and valuable to us, so much so that God becomes second place and it's important for us to surrender them to God so that God becomes back into the first place. But as I was preparing and praying about the message for today, I felt God wanting to go beyond just precious and valuable material things that may be holding us in our lives. 
You see, when God instructs Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, if we were to read the narrative in context of what happened in the past 10 chapters of Abraham's lives from Genesis 12, then we will conclude that actually Isaac is more than a precious and beloved son to Abraham. Isaac also represents Abraham's future, Abraham's only hope to the fulfilment of God's covenant with him to be a father of many nations. So can you imagine being Abraham, you know, after going through so much ups and downs, one test after another, and finally to have a son born to you at 100 years old, 100 years old, mind you, and then one day God comes to you and says to you, sacrifice your son as a burnt offering in worship. How will you react? Well, I will say, oh God, my liar, huh? Serious? Or, oh, piang or God, you're joking, is it? Not just that, I'm sure Abraham's mind will be flashing images of all his dreams and future coming to an end, like the starting of a Marvel movie. You know? Because Isaac represents Abraham's future, his hope for the fulfillment of God's covenant, and if he were to sacrifice it as a burnt offering to God, for Abraham, I believe he was able to carry out God's instruction to sacrifice Isaac as a burnt offering to God because he knows that as much as Isaac represents what the future holds, God is the one that holds the future. Amen. So it is in that deep, strong faith Abraham accepts God's instruction even though there were little details given, carries out the three-day journey to Mount Moriah and reached the point of no return. Abraham knows that if God holds his future, then even if Isaac was sacrificed that day, God will make another way. So as I conclude the time we have together this morning, invite the music team to come to the stage. I would like to think that God is also testing us this morning. And this is the part where you get a bit edgy. I say relax, huh? relax, okay? Not about what is precious and valuable in your life today, but if you feel God leading you to surrender it to Him, I think it's good. Follow God's leading if there's something in your life valuable and it's taking the place of God. Go ahead, follow God's leading. But for the rest of us, I would like to ask us to reflect what about your future are you holding on today which means really a lot to you. For some of us, it may be to have a bright future in our careers, do well in our work, so much so that we, are devote, we have devoted so many hours at work and we neglect our family, our health, and most importantly, our walk with God. For some of us, it may be to have good health in our senior years. For some of us, it may literally be our children, our future. And because we have put so much hope and focus and attention on them. I was praying and felt that some of us who are singles place a lot on finding a life partner as the way to have a good future. 
And for some of us, the future is in fact bleak because the challenges before you at present are simply overwhelming. So regardless of what about your future God is revealing to you and you are holding on closely today, I want to invite you to take time to surrender it to the Lord as a sacrifice of burnt offering and worship unto Him this morning, just like Abraham did. Because we know that as much as what we think the future holds, we want to let God be the one that holds our future. So I'm going to invite the music team to lead us in a song. And as we allow the words of this song to minister to our hearts, I would like to invite us to go into a time of prayer and reflection. Reflecting about what you have heard this morning and what God is speaking to you. And then we will prepare our hearts to respond to Him after the song as I close us in prayer. Let's bow our heads and let the song minister to us. Of surrender is not easy 
Abraham took three days to reach Mount Moriah. And that journey is certainly not easy. He is probably praying, worshipping, seeking as he makes his way to that place of no return. So while every eye is closed and every head bowed, no one's looking around, I'd like to invite us to respond to the Lord this morning. And if you say that God, I hold my career, the future of my career very tightly, but today I know that God, you want me to sacrifice it as a worship unto you. Here I am, Lord. For some of us, we want to commit to the Lord our worries of good health in the days or years ahead. And say, God, you hold the future of my health. For some of us, we may desire a life companion, but today we want to say, God, your timing is perfect and I trust in your will. So here is my hope and here is my future. Take it, Lord, as a sacrifice of worship unto you. So if this morning, you just sense that God wants you or is speaking to you, no one's looking around and not to embarrass anyone, but I want to just pray and know who I'm praying for with you. Then I invite you to stand in this place Lift up your hands to the Lord and say, God, this is my future and I want you to hold my future. So just give us a few moments if there's anyone in this place to just stand if you'd like to respond to the Lord. Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. Is there anybody else? We just give a few moments as you stand Will you lift up your hands to the Lord and in any aspect of your future, is it your career, your family, your children, your work, your studies, but say, God, today, I sacrifice it as a worship unto you and that God, you hold the future. Will you stand? And in a few moments, we will close in prayer. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just give us a few more moments so that we can journey and reach that place and that point of no return. That point of total surrender. That unless God calls out, I'm sacrificing it. Just like Abraham did. So will you just continue to worship, to pray, to lift it up to the Lord, that area that you would like to respond to Him and say, God, you hold my future in this area. Just says that there may be one or two more. We just give a few more moments. Nobody looking around in that sense. But I just want to know who I'm praying for as you respond to the Lord. Praise the Lord. God, we thank you for all of us that are responding here in this place. 
even our members who are online, you can respond to the Lord as well. And God sees your heart of sacrifice of that area in worship unto Him. And I pray for everyone, Lord, that is responding to you right now, that, Lord, you will fill them, Lord. You will lead them in the days ahead. You will guide them and help them, Lord, to continue to walk close to you, to live a life of surrender in that area. Lord, all this we will pray and commit to you in Jesus' name. Amen.